Which is two ounces of bourbon, half ounce caged heat or any other fruit syrup that you like, um, half ounce of simple syrup, half ounce yeah. of lemon juice. Put that shit in a shaker with ice, shake all that shit together, put it in a rock slice with ice. Is there a complex syrup? Uh, like there's a simple syrup, is there like a different version that's like that? Or, or is it, what well, is that? Well, I guess... I don't, I don't know what simple syrup is I don't is either. either. Yeah, what is that? It's like a sugar syrup. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like molasses. <laughs> or like the clear syrup you use to make... Uh, oh, the pecan pie Pecan pie stuff. stuff. The syrup. syrup. Thank you. So, there you go. That's like, what we always called it. Caro <laughs> syrup. Yes. Whereas, like, the caged heat is tamarind, cardamom, and ghost pepper. That sounds like a weird flavor together to even. I think it sounds good. I want to try it though. It sounds like weird, it like it won't work. But a lot of shit that it. sounds like it won't work, it's really fucking good. I feel right? like it would fucking kill me though. Yeah, I, love it. I would be in the bathroom dying from heartburn. So, Spontaneous human combustion. So take me to church. Two ounces of bourbon, half ounce <laughs> of fruity syrup. I like caged heat. That's what I'm using. Half ounce simple syrup. Half ounce lemon juice. Pour all that shit together in a shaker with ice. Shake it up. Pour it into a rocks glass with ice. And then you're going to float a half ounce of Shiraz on top. And you're going to do that by pouring the Shiraz over the back of like a tablespoon or a bar spoon. And it's going to make a nice pretty red ring. I've seen that on TV. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's going to make a nice pretty red ring around the drink. And it's going to be yummy, delicious, and wonderful. But it is spicy, so you might want to have your tums close at hand. No, our tums is at Kelly's house. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because we, sh we share. We've <laughs> been sharing the same bottle of tums since 2020. <laughs> But anyway. We took it to the concert with us and everything. <laughs> but anyway, Take Me to Church is a lovely cocktail created by yours truly. I'm sure it's amazing. Um, we opted to say fuck that drink because Kelly came over to our house and didn't want to have to bring shakers and we don't have dishes. <laughs> yeah. So when, I, when I realized how much shit that I was going to have to actually Uber over here, I was like, I'm just going to bring beer. <laughs> and a big <laughs> bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're doing shots. Kelly's doing beer. I'm confident that I can make Kelly take a shot later. I feel like Blue Ridge like Rock Festival should sponsor us to go to the concert this year. And I emailed them last year and they wouldn't they we should, respond. You should, <laughs> you should like, send another TV. one and tell them of our... We can't tell yet. We can't tell yet. Damn. Don't speak on it. You think of our personalities? 
You're like rum, she's like beer, and I'm like bourbon. Does that mean that I'm like the most redneck or what? I don't know. Like, it made sense in my head when I said it, but then when I say it out loud. I feel like if we were going to do that, I would be beer. Even though that's not what I drink, but like, personality-wise, I feel like I'm definitely beer. <laughs> Kelly, I think, is vodka. I and get that you are now when you Jaeger say mustard. <laughs> He's what? Jaeger I'm Jaeger. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Well, let's ask two the minutes. folks. Yeah. Um. Okay. No, no, just two minutes. Yeah. Uh, if y'all had to group us into liquors based off our personalities, who are we? Yeah. I would like to know. I st I'm beer all day long. <laughs> Right, I mean, I'm wearing a tank top right or, now, y'all. Or like a, you know, It's 36 30, like, degrees uh, outside and she's wearing a fucking tank top. Just took and yoga flops pants. off. They're actually yep, right fucking flops to everywhere. Yeah. The more inappropriate, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I, de I definitely wanted that. Okay, I'll do that as a Twitter poll in a little bit. I'm yeah. pretty sure you have some funeral flip flops somewhere. I do those in my good flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I paint my toenails. <laughs> We're leaving this shit in. <laughs> Sorry. You right. almost killed Ryan. Yeah, I can't. That was yeah. that was good. I shit. mean, just know that if you die, I'm rolling up in flip flops. But it'll be the good ones, and my toenails will be painted. <laughs> so. They better be painted black. Yeah, because so I'm in mourning or whatever. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Unless it's somebody who sucks. And I'm like... Well, now we're talking about his funeral. No, just my funeral. Oh, no. no, my funeral. No, you just meant a general funeral. No, no, my Yeah, they'll definitely be black at your funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Not sunshine yellow. No. no don't, what the hell? Don't even suggest that. Horror movies based on real shit. Who wants to go first? So I think you should go in the middle. Because <laughs> me and Ryan are both kind of ghosty. And yours is like completely different. <laughs> Sounds good. So well, Kelly, I mean, you're going to have to go first because Ryan yeah. doesn't have any notes yet. I, I, have, <laughs> I, I, I watched, I watched, both, the I watched both the movies. I just need to write down the names of people. That, their, everybody's official names and make sure I have it written down. And I'll have what I'm going to say. I'm just, you know. Y'all know how I do. So, for my movie, I am covering The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which my <laughs> co-host didn't even bother I did not know that it mattered if we had seen the movie. I thought this was about the true story behind what? the movie. I did watch <laughs> two movies, but I watched two from my... <laughs> thing today so i would just like to put it out there that i, I was thought this spirit. was more about the i was in the spirit um, of story what's behind. Going i'm also going to tell you now uh i mean i just didn't watch it just because i didn't think i had to watch it but if i had even bothered to look it up and saw that that one bitch was in it i you wouldn't have watched watch it, it anyway. the sister from dexter's who we're talking about I oh she's the fucking worst Deborah. man the Exorcism of Emily Rose came out in 2005. I actually went to see this at the theater on the night it premiered. Oh my fucking god, why? Yeah. Because it seemed like it would be like insanely up my Is it one of them, like were you looking forward to it? So you were like, yes, I can't wait until yes. this movie comes out. Yeah. And then you went to the theater and then were you super disappointed? I was so disappointed. <laughs> This should be insanely up my alley because it is a horror movie with a courtroom drama. 
And I'm like, yes, because Law and Order is my favorite shit in the world. So I'm just like, yes, it is not my favorite shit in the world. <laughs> is, so, it, is it your least favorite shit in the whole no, world? No, no, it's not my least. It's middle of the road. Yeah. This movie was directed by Scott Derrickson. The average letterboxed on this is 3.1 out of 5. I give it less than that. IMDb, 6.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 44%. So we were talking about the cast. So Jennifer Carpenter is Emily Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Kara has some fucking boo, man. God damn. We also have Laura Lenny as Aaron Bruner, who is the lawyer in this case. And honestly, the best thing. We also have Tom Wilkinson as Father Moore, who is the priest on trial. Basically, the movie story is Jennifer Carpenter's character is Emily Rose. Um, she has been experiencing some wild-ass shit. She gets diagnosed as epileptic. Starts taking some medicine. It's not helping her. She's really devout. And her family is very religious. They go to a priest. Who. Suggests that she might be. Possessed. And they perform an exorcism. And she dies during that exorcism. And the priest is charged. In a court of law. So that's what makes this interesting. So I want to talk about the real story. Because it's very similar to the movie, with the exception of, like, the time period and the location and the names. So, I got most of the real... <laughs> Sorry, it's just like, it's really like it, except for it's not like it. And they really didn't change much, like, just... Like, well, they updated it and changed your names, but then the way you said it, it made yeah. it sound like so much more All than it was. All the was the time, the place. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, the, no. You know, the right. names, no, the dates, the places, what happened. We, everything's yeah, the same. No, no, you're absolutely right. No. I love it. I get what you're saying, though. Like, all of the, like, the shit that they portray in the movie that happened during the exorcism is yeah. very close to what actually happened to her. Right. So, right. that's really the most important part, yeah, right. I guess. Just saying so. what happened, just newer and with different names. I uh, get it. So, um, in the movie, it's in the U.S., it's present day, kind of all, all of that shit. So, in the real story, which I got pretty much all of this from all that is interesting, um, we are looking at Annalise Michelle. And this is a case that actually happened in Germany in the 70s. So, she died due to dehydration and malnutrition on July 1st, 1976. So, at six, so starting out kind of her case file, I guess, is, you know, when people started to think weird shit was happening with her. Um, at 16, Annalise blacked out at school and began walking around in a daze, and then she didn't remember what had happened. A year later, um, she woke up in, like, a series of convulsions. Her family sent her to a neurologist, of course, who diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, which, is, which can cause memory loss, seizures, and hallucinations. So this is actually part of the movie and kind of the major focal point is like, did she have epilepsy or was she possessed? Was the priest negligent in not making her take her meds? She's taking medication, 
She enrolled in college in 1973. The medication isn't helping. And she started to believe that she was possessed by a demon. She saw the face of the devil everywhere and heard demons telling her she was damned and that she would rot in hell. And she started looking for a priest that would help. So up to this point, had anybody... Like, was her mom constantly going, you're possessed by the devil? No. Or no. this is just some shit that she, on her own, she was like, y'all, I'm fucking possessed. Her family was uber religious, but I, I, I think it was her on her own in college that is like, there's something fucking... Something's not right. Yeah. So, she started looking for a priest. Over the next several months, her delusions became extreme. She started, like, ripping off her clothes at random. Um, she climbed under a table and barked like a dog for two days. She would eat spiders and coal. Um, and some of those things are portrayed in the movie. Um, she would compulsively do up to 400 squats per day. At one point, she mm -hmm. bit the head off a dead bird. Like Ozzy? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that one was alive. Oh. From, from what I've read about that story, just two seconds side, they would throw fake bats on stage in the 80s, and one time someone threw a real bat, and he thought it was fake, that and bit true. it off, and yeah. then that happened. Now, yeah. in a negotiation, he did bite the head off of a pigeon at a record release party, but that's a different thing altogether. Keep she going. Would, pee in the floor and then lick her urine up. Her mother found a priest named Ernest Alt who believed she was possessed. Um, the local bishop approved the request for the exorcism because there's a whole process there where everything has to get approved. Um, with the condition that it be performed in total secret and also they added uh, another priest Arnold Rentz. To, to be there. And they didn't raise any red flags with anybody. They were like, yeah, we'll do it, but you fucking hey, I know you're doing tell a anybody. So you're doing this heist. This is our last well, minute driver that has like to join. This was their only hope, so whatever they could do. Over ten months, Ernest Alt and Arnold Renz performed 67 exorcisms. Some lasting up to four hours. Annalise revealed that she believed she was Possessed by six demons, which is actually something that comes up in the movie. And when you were talking about the barn, I thought that's what you were talking about. Because there's one part where she runs into a barn and starts, like, spouting off the, the demons. No, nope, that, that she, wasn't what I was thinking yeah. of. I'm, I must have never seen it either at all. So, she said that she was possessed by six demons. Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Adolf Hitler... Nero and Fleischmann, who was just a disgraced priest. And also, the demons would argue with each other, like, within her. Um, so, when she was Hitler, she once said, People are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. And then Judas answered within her and said, Hitler was nothing but a big mouth who had, nothing, <laughs> who had no real say in hell. So, um, Annalise would frequently talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. 
She actually broke bones and ripped the tendons in her knees from kneeling in prayer. Damn. She was 23 when she died. So she was actually older than the Emily Rose character, who I think was like 19 in the, in the movie. The two priests were charged with negligent homo homicide, just like the, the priest in the movie. They played a recording of the exorcism in court. They were both found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to six months in jail and three years of probation. So that's pretty consistent with the movie as well. Um, the, the priest was found guilty but sentenced to time served. The parents were never charged, but religious groups still visit Annalisa's grave. Like, they think of her like a saint. They write notes with requests and thank yous and leave them at her grave still. And they pray and sing around her grave. So she is kind of like a modern day saint now. Which that's, is kind of neat. That's fucking wild. Um, but so she died from malnutrition and dehydration. Right. I know, um, is it, is it you can go three or four days tops without water. Right. So did that, I mean, did they do a four day exorcism where she was not allowed to drink water? No, 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 no. I don't understand why they were, I mean, I kind of understand why they were charged, but I kind of don't if those are the reasons that she died. Right. Because usually when you have a exorcism death and you have a priest charged the priest has actually done something and I actually saw there was a case in Romania I want to say in like 2005-2006 where the priest had like gagged a woman tied her up put her in a room for like four days no food no water she died well yeah so the priest actually caused her death in yeah. this case that wasn't ever charged because the priest the whole time is trying to get her to eat, trying to get her to drink. So how did they get convicted if if her cause of death is not eating mm. and drinking and he didn't have anything to do with her not eating and drinking? I think it was just... I mean, it, is it just to shut everybody up or whatever? It, it, and that's why they only got six months for, you it, know? It, it may very well have been. Like, and this, that's why I think this one is interesting. Because when you look at... There are definitely others, so this isn't like a isolated case, but when you look at the others, it's like there is a reason to charge the priest. It's like the priest did some shit that caused the death. In this case, they didn't. Yeah. You know, they tried to make her eat. She wouldn't. You know, they, they tried to make her drink. She wouldn't. I mean, so that, I mean, that feels to me like... Even if there hadn't been an exorcism going on, what if they had just called a priest to the house? He still could have gone to jail. And I feel like this is some horse shit. Is what I feel like. Yeah. Which is kind of why the sentence was so low. Because the six-month sentence was probably what they had already served. Which is what, what they actually had in the movie. It was like, sentence to time served. Um, are there, well, you said they played the tapes or whatever in the courtroom? Uh-huh. Is that available? Like, can I, where can I watch these tapes? Is that a thing? I bet YouTube well, has it or something. I don't, I don't think they're videotapes. I think they're, uh, where, audio. Where can I listen to these tapes? Oh, I don't know, but that is a thing that I will, I will look for. I, I would love to have an opinion from some of our, 
our 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 legal listeners like killing Mrs. Hidden, like oh about the why they got charged or whatever. But but remember, this was in Germany, not in the U.S. So could this have happened in the U.S.? That's the question. And then I also want to say, um, if I believe everything that the movies has taught me, the only people who can there's a specific group of people who can do exorcisms. And that's all by the Vatican. Do they not have their own fucking law system also? But that doesn't count here. Yeah. So it doesn't count here. She didn't, they didn't get fucked up here. They got fucked up over there. I don't know what happened in terms of with the priests. Like, if they offered any backing or offered any legal support. In the movie, the law firm that, that worked for the Archdiocese represented the priest. I'm guessing that's probably what happened in this case. Yeah. But I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. I picked the hills have eyes. Um, I was not aware that we were supposed to watch the movie. I thought that it was, we were picking movies based on real shit, and then we were going to talk about the real shit. So I can tell you that the... Oh, I, well, first off... If you haven't seen the movie, what do you know what's No, I have seen the movie, but it's been a very long yeah, time, so I don't have any specifics you. or whatever to give y'all. Um, I can tell you that the name of my notes are The Hills Have Beans, and you'll know <laughs> here in just a minute. So, The Hills Have Eyes is a movie from 1977. Um, or like 2008. By Wes Craven. There was also a remake in 2006. We I've watched that one... Kind of recently. It's been a couple months we watched it. Um, we watched it because Laura Laura Ortiz was in it. Remember we had a whole thing and then I was like, she was a little girl and then we watched it. So Laura Ortiz is in the fucking Hills Have Eyes remake, if that makes y'all feel any better. So this movie is about a traveling family who falls victim to a group of gross cannibals in the desert. Supposedly, you said you watched it. Both y'all watched it. Yeah. Does it come up and say, is it one of those that comes up and says based on a true story or whatever? But supposedly, according to the Google, this movie was actually based on the story of the Sony Bean Clan. Hence, the hills have beans. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, oh, Ryan's got a website up now that says Sony Bean, but then it's just all pictures of... Apparently, they oh, did. Yeah. the original did have the tagline based on a true story. Oh, shit. So, it, the so first cool. one definitely was so based Wes on Craven a true story. So, Wes Craven did it the way he was supposed to be doing it. Oh, yeah. Wes Craven does weird shit. Yeah. Um, so, supposedly, this is based on the story of Sony, of the Sony Bean clan. So, Alexander Sony Bean was the head of a 45-member clan in Scotland that murdered and cannibalized over a thousand people over 25 years. I thought I misread Scotland until you just read During the 16th confirmed century. Confirmed that. What the hell? So again, just like <laughs> yours, I mean, yeah, it's all pretty much the same except for a lot of the time and the place <laughs> and the names. And their names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the clan was eventually called by a search party sent by King James VI and executed for their crimes. So this story, and it didn't say first appeared, it just said this story appeared in London in a crime catalog published by Newgate Prison, which right there I had a ton of questions. Why are prisons putting out magazines? But also, why aren't prisons well, putting out how, magazines? How, right? how else would you know what the latest crime of the year is? But like, great, but, hey, we FYI, don't have one. They should totally know, do one. How much is a Jack the Ripper crime catalog worth? No idea. But 
Is that a thing? So it said, this legend lacks sufficient evidence to be deemed true by historians. Get the fuck out of here. But has been passed into local folklore and has actually become part of the Edinburgh tourism circuit. So you can go on tours of... I guess they take you to the cave. That's Edinburgh. Eden. I don't understand how. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get that, but it's cool as hell that, that you got. Yeah, it's Edinburgh. I didn't know that. That's weird as shit, right? So, Alexander Sony Bean left home after realizing that. So, his dad was like a landscaper. He was going to take on the family business of landscaping. And then he was like. <laughs> This shit is awful. I'm not doing this. <laughs> so he meets up with a lady named Black Agnes Douglas, who was fleeing because she had been accused of being a witch. So they left together. After a little bit of robbing and eating people, they ended up at a coastal cave in, and I'm probably going to fuck this up, B E N N A N E head, Benane head, which is between. Gervin and Bellantray. I don't know. What Great on those. Is. No, that sounds right. I don't know what the fuck this is. I didn't know Edinburgh Keep, was pronounced like that until like two years ago. Keep in mind, this is in Scotland, so old. if y'all can help me out with yeah, this, help us out. do it. Um, I love your accent. So, the cave entrance was actually, during high tide, water blocked the whole fucking entrance. Oh, that's so fucked up. So, nobody ever thought that anybody or any even animals could live in this cave. So they were able to live in there unnoticed for 25 plus years. So like the water doesn't fill it up. It just covers. That's fucking weird. Yeah, and then I guess stops like suctiony or whatever. Yeah, that's weird as shit. Um, Sonny and Agnes had six daughters, eight sons, 14 granddaughters, and 18 grandsons. Various grandchildren were the products of incest between their children, obviously. So this clan carefully plotted ambushes at night where they would rob and murder individuals or groups. They would bring the corpses back to the cave, dismember them, eat them. They pickled the leftovers, put them in barrels. Some of the body parts were discarded and then would later wash up on beaches. Well, this made the locals think that it was animals. Because I guess if you find a leg, it's got to be an animal. Oh, I don't really, I don't understand this part. If, but if the leg washes up, I guess you're thinking shark. I'm thinking cartel. <laughs> but oh. maybe it's because I'm <laughs> raised different. But this made the villagers believe that it was animals. Um, as time went on, though, they started to get fucking suspicious. And they were like, no, nah, ain't, ain't enough animals out here to do this. You know, whatever. Um, the locals even actually organized various searches on one of them, they even took notes of the cave. Suspicion often fell on local innkeepers because those were the last people to see the people alive. Several innocent people were hanged by the local townspeople. Oh, shit! But the killings continued. Legs kept washing up. People kept disappearing. Oh, fuck. One night, the clan ambushed a couple riding home from the fair on a horse. Um, the wife was knocked off the horse, immediately just fucking torn to bits, you know, whatever. The husband, though, he was able to fight back. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of other people who had also just left the fair ended up on this same fucking road. So they see this clan of people. Well, the Bean Clan took off. So they tried to catch them. They couldn't catch them. They got the husband. 
took him to, it says they took him to the magistrate, which they should have taken him to a doctor, but right. whatever. <laughs> they took him to the magistrate right. where they told their story of what had happened. King James the Sixth heard of this, you know, what had happened, and he launched a search. This search eventually found the clan in the cave, and they found human remains just fucking everywhere, body parts hanging from the walls. They had piles of stolen heirlooms and jewelry in this cave with them. So, there's two versions of what happens next. One version says that they were taken alive to the town square or whatever. No trial, no nothing, because they were like, no, fuck these guys. Um, the... The wife, the daughters, all the women were burnt at the stake. The men had their fucking balls cut off and their hands were cut off and their tongues were cut out and they were left to bleed to death. The second instance says that the search party put gunpowder at the entrance to the cave and they all died from suffocation. So nobody really knows. And again, you know, they say that this isn't true. They say they can't prove that this is true. Mm. And that's all I've got. Thousand people, though. Like, where did they come up with that number? And yeah. I guess that's part of what made the historians be like, there's not enough evidence or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the numbers are hard to believe. But, the but 20, a thousand people in 25 years? How many people per year is that? 40? That's not... That's excessive. one person a week? Not even? Yeah, that's that's like one every six days or so. That's really not excessive. Um, if they're eating most of the bodies and only a leg is coming ashore the, every I now mean, and then. But there's that many people even go through Like, uh, yeah. 16th century, yeah, a thousand people's probably a lot for back then, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe the numbers. Yeah. But, the yeah. people can totally be real. I don't know, I love it. And I actually had no idea that um, the Hills Have Eyes was based on a true thing, or supposedly based on a true thing. When we decided on this topic, I just Googled horror movies based on it. <laughs> and that was one of the first ones that came up, and I was like, oh shit, wait a minute. But then when I read it, I felt like we had done it before. And I was like, wait, didn't one of us not already talk about this? It's your turn. Alright, my movie is The Conjuring 2. Not the first one. Not the 87th one. And... Not Annabelle, <laughs> not the nun. It's insidious. No, not that one Conjuring. either. Conjuring. Conjuring. <laughs> no exorcism. Conjuring. Number two. Wait, is there a exorcism? Shit. You just no. you watched it. No, nah, there's not an exorcism. I watched. No, I watched the first no and the second one earlier. This is the British yeah. one. So like Part this. Two. This is based on. Uh, I guess one would be a demonologist type dealio and Lorraine would be that's Ed. Lorraine would be the medium or the psychic Ed and Lorraine Warren born in, not when they are born, they were married in 45, I'm not going to talk about super detailed shit. They were married in 45 and they started the New England Society for Psychic Research in 52. The Conjuring 2 the first one had the Annabelle doll which everybody is quite familiar with. The second one was based on the Enfield Poltergeist, is how, how he was known. Yeah. Oh, I was waiting on you to um, comment on the Crooked Man. Yeah, the Enfield <laughs> Poltergeist would be uh, the man who used to live at 284 Green Street uh, in a little brownstone in uh, Enfield, London. And he was known as the Crooked Man or 
Bill, Crooked Bill, is supposedly a man named Bill who lived at this address in London and who was haunting uh, it's Peggy Hodgson, I think is how you pronounce it, and her children, uh, mostly the two girls, Janet and Margaret, who were young teens, 11 and 13, so, you, you know, preteen. Preteens. Yeah. New kids on the block era. Yeah, they, they called the cops <laughs> quite a few times, or the constables, as you would say in England, about the noises, things moving around, levitation, thrown shit, the voices coming from nowhere. Let me tell y'all. So, if you 18 walk, months, 30 different people said they saw shit moving. If you walked into Taylor's room and she was levitating, is the police going to be your first fucking call? Who would you call first? Because I I know that it would not be the cops, but then I also don't know who it shouldn't be. Yeah, I don't know now. <laughs> uh, uh, cops can't help with levitating, y'all. Just FYI. I'm just thinking I would call 911 and be like... <laughs> My kid's levitating? That's awful. That's how you get shot. <laughs> no, don't call 911 if somebody's levitating. Call the Vatican. Who's got the Vatican? Is Yuri Geller still alive? Maybe get him here. <laughs> In the movie, it seems to be the Warrens were there for like a whole bunch of the stuff. Some of the research I've seen has said they maybe were not there all that much, like the movie said. But a lot of the stuff that happened in the movie is what supposedly really happened. Just that maybe they weren't there for the whole. For it, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of the shit that happened. You know, to make the movie, I guess, more popular, you know, whatever. So, they had a lot of things of uh, furniture get knocked over, thrown across the room. Uh, there was a couple other investigators there before them. Uh, Maurice Gross and Guy Playfair. Guy kept doubting it. He doesn't think it happened that either the voices that happened which were supposedly like the the guttural sounds and the men's voice and all that were just the invention of the 13 year old and at one point there was some faking done that they called on camera so is the whole thing fake part of it eh, who knows so what's, but let's fake okay so what uh janet eyes? one of the people that was there a video camera caught her bending spoons and trying to bend an iron bar that was left there uh yeah, there is no spoon. <laughs> Shit. And using a broom handle to hit on the ceiling to make noise and stuff when it was supposed to be just So she noises. was making it? They say part of it. The Warrens said that only that part was faked. Supposedly, what really happened is they only showed up unannounced way, way later after the they Warrens. got a bunch of media attention. Yeah, uh -huh. the Warrens. And that they weren't involved nearly at all. All the pictures and video and all that shit had already been done. And they had already seen it from the news. Then came trying to help and get more money out of it. So, so that is wild to me because I have... Yeah. I, I love the Warrens. I don't give two fucks I still want to visit the museum. They have a museum I would pay in for the dinner with that lady. No shit, we were just talking about yeah. that. We should totally fucking go. My I would love to see it. that. Yeah. Um, this is not the first instance I've heard of them showing up unannounced, uninvited to stuff that was media heavy or whatever. Amityville and then too, right? turning it into something that it probably fucking wasn't. So were they 
fucking grifters. <laughs> I mean, they might have fucking been, but they were fucking damn good at it. And I don't give a shit if they were. Even if they were, even if they came out today and they were like, all of this shit is fake. I still want to see the Oculus mirror. Because this is the mirror that they convinced the whole entire world, you know, could make you fucking eat a light bulb and think it was an apple. Or whatever. Like, it's still awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a different kind of awesome, but it's still fucking awesome. Yeah. The so what do you about- think? Do you believe them? Do you believe this the Annabelle one, doll? Do you believe the... This, this specific one, the infield, not necessarily, but they've investigated a lot of different ones from Amityville to the Annabelle doll, all the different ones. I feel like, more than likely, at least a few of them were real. There's like 1,500 movies. I don't know which one. I feel like they did it over multiple ones. Supposedly something happened to her. She saw something that was super fucked up that fucked her up. Do you remember that? That was, they talked about it in the second one, so that happened, yeah, at some point. So maybe it was just the one, one, but then after that, this bitch is like, everybody's possessed. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that doll is murdering people. Like, I don't care. I still, I would pay all the money to go. We should buy a road trip, y'all. I guess we're done. Uh, what we got? Fuck, I don't remember. Um, we should do a promo for the Comedy Roundtable. I love them so much. I do too. Um, hopefully we can meet up with them again sometime soon. We have their little trailer thing. We're gonna play in a minute, but uh, we love them. They're amazing. So here is their thing. Jamie Bendel, Jamie Hernan, and Adam Haig here, co-host of the Comedy Roundtable podcast, recorded live at the Punchline Comedy Club in Atlanta, Georgia. And we've got some of the best stand-up comedians in the world. I'm talking United States and beyond. Here, the comics face a gauntlet of unique and off-the-wall questions while being verbally dragged through curious and quirky hypotheticals. If you like stand-up comedy, you'll love Comedy Roundtable. New episodes are released weekly. We've got nearly 100 episodes out there to choose from. But start with one of our more recent episodes, such as our interview with Caleb Sinan, Caroline Ray, or Craig Robinson. Visit ComedyRoundtable.com or search Comedy Roundtable in your favorite podcast player. Pull up a chair at the Comedy Roundtable. Anybody got anything other than that that we're allowed to talk about? (laughs) I don't think so. Let's party. Yeah, we're about to party, so it's off... Offline. We're offline. We're done with this. B-A-R-T-Y. Because I said so. I don't know. Because I've got to. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Love y'all. I love every single one of y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye.